Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive, coming to you today on a day we don't normally record, recording on a Saturday, from a place we don't normally record, we're recording in the broadcast booth here yeah. at FLA Live Arena, which a lot of folks are probably thinking, you have a broadcast booth. Why aren't you recording in the broadcast booth? It's crazy that you haven't ever recorded in the broadcast booth. Just the way things happen, folks. And, well, today we're we're breaking down lots of walls, and uh, we are getting ready for a Panthers hockey game, but we're also doing territory talk and, uh, of course, uh, uh, I guess taking territory talk to places it's never gone, literally and figuratively. Yeah, t- sorry, you had me there for a second with the taking territory talk too. I, I was going to see if you could string beyond alliteration. You you were just on a roll there. I wanted to let you go, but yeah, I, I don't know why we don't use the booth more often. It's pretty tight. We're pretty close together. I like the acoustics in the uh, Corona Beach house. The but we can studios. close the door. Yeah, I like it. Maybe for the future, we'll see. We'll see how this episode goes, and then kind of go from there. The, the chair's a little bit creaky. Let's see if the mic can pick it up. Picks up a little bit of the creaking, I think. This um, chair right here that I'm in, Jameson, this I I've every game I've called in this building, I've said in this chair. That's the chair. That says that's Nations the one that's going to the Den of Honor someday. Yep. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> but uh yeah, Dougie, I mean we got a big game coming up here against the uh, Ottawa Senators. Obviously, we're not gonna talk too much about that because we want this to be a little bit more evergreen than just a game preview. So we're gonna get into a little bit more about the Panthers. Uh we have some great sound from Roberto Luongo, who's heading to the Hall of Fame in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm just kind of talking about his career and what it means to him. Um, but you know, overall, Doug, just kind of looking at here, you know, what's happened since the last time we recorded the Panthers, obviously coming off back-to-back losses on the road. Nobody hitting the prediction game. Nope. Uh, well, Noah on we Twitter. Had li- did. Yes, Noah North Miami Beach. Bet big did. on at two, which I think everyone should be betting big on at two. The now, listeners' so division. Congrats, yes. <laughs> the listeners' division. Congrats to Noah. But um, I I think when you look at those two games, the losses to Chicago and the losses to Philadelphia, obviously the one against Chicago, we we talked about it before the last episode or during the last episode, should I say that. We there hadn't really been a point this season where we're like, man, the Panthers just getting outplayed this period or something's off this period. They had that in Chicago for the first time. They had a little bit of that, a little bit of that malaise for whatever reason, whether it was just going on the road or you know just the legs not being there, you know, mental mistakes. I think Paul Maurice said that maybe they were trying a little bit too much different stuff, but they turned it on at the third period. They got close. Um, the power play still, you know, could have come through there at the end, but that's a work in progress this season. But you felt good about how they finished that game. Fast forward to Philadelphia, and they were just firing everything at Philly's net that game. 104 shot attempts, the most I can find in recorded history for the Panthers. Um, 51 shots on goal. Carter Hart makes 48 saves. Um, Made a lot of big saves. I think he had 12 high-danger saves in that game. Uh, But once again, it just seems like they just couldn't get over that little last hump there to get the points. But Panthers still sitting at 4-3-1 and right now at the time of this recording. Uh, still in a playoff spot. Obviously, it doesn't even matter. It's no point in even saying playoff spots at this point in the season, but it's still nice to be there. Although we know that one point can make all the yep. difference in the world. Yeah, but it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a tight start to the season in the Eastern Conference in particular. Uh, you and I were talking about, you know, heading into the season that maybe outside of the Montreal Canadiens, every team we expect to be better this season. But you know what? The Montreal Canadiens are yeah, even better this year. They're competitive. So every team in the Eastern Conference is competitive this year, and it's going to be tough every single night, just like it will be against the Senators here as like a Chucks go head-to-head on the ice, but I think when I look at, you know, how these last two games has gone as a whole, I'm not stressing. I know Twitter's always, Twitter's always stressing. Twitter's stressing if we, no matter what's happening, win or lose, but Twitter's stressing a little bit after back-to-back losses. We've been spoiled a lot, obviously, the last couple seasons. This team has not lost a lot. We're not used to it. We're readjusting, um, but it's only two losses, and when you look at, you know, what's happened in those games, the, the Panthers lead the league in scoring chances 
and shot attempts. If they were getting losses while also being, you know, not great in these categories, I'd say there's something systematically wrong there. They're not getting the numbers and they're not getting the results. Whereas if you're getting the numbers, you're eventually over time going to get the results more often than not. And that's what Paul Maurice has been saying. Right now, it's more about learning the systems. It's about executing. It's about hitting those numbers because over time, that's going to work out for you. So no reason to stress, but man, it's just not, not used to losing anymore, Doug. This isn't fun. Well, as you said, the Panthers are doing a lot of the right things here. And those scoring chances are going to become goals if they continue to happen at this rate. So you look back at the Chicago game. I thought in that one that for the first two periods especially, you saw it. Chicago had to play virtually a mistake-free game and get great goaltending to hang with the Panthers in that one. And the Panthers didn't like the start that they had in that one. But at the same time, you felt like Chicago had to virtually play a perfect game. Now, they took a, they took penalties. They were able to kill them off. They got great goaltending from Alex Stalock. And in the third period, the Panthers started to break through a little bit. Chicago, it's hard to play 60 minutes of perfect hockey. The Panthers were able to break through that and unfortunately just weren't able to get the game tied up. But... In that one, even though the Panthers didn't like the start they had, Chicago still had to play virtually a perfect game against them. In the Philadelphia game, that's a game the Panthers are going to win a vast majority of the time. If they get those kind of chances, the volume of chances, and as you said, if they were if they were if they lost a couple of games on this trip and got outshot forty-one to sixteen in both games and didn't really test the opposing net miner, then maybe there'd be something there. But at the same time, this team went on the road racked up a ton of scoring chances, and they made the opposition work, and they made the opposing goaltenders work pretty darn hard to come away and with wins. And this might sound a little strange, but I think the way I view it early on here, I'd much rather deserve to win and lose than win when you deserve to lose because over time you want to be the opposite. You, you want don't want to develop bad habits early in the year. You want to deserve to win every game, and sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But if you deserve to win every game, like I said, you're going to win more often than not. You look at the Boston game on that first road trip as a prime example. The Panthers played a good game with four, Boston defensemen. Ju- with four <laughs> defensemen, and Boston just happened to win. It wasn't as if the Panthers went out and made a ton of unforced errors and lost the game. Yep. They just lost a game to a good team, and over the course of the year, they're going to get more chances at Boston. They're going to beat the Boston Bruins at, uh, at some point. Point in time. So again, if they By the play way, the way when, they when did, the things are going to even out. Regress. We, we, every season we predict it and never happens. Yeah, and I think What's you and I on? both on territory talk thought this year could have been the year they took a step back. It's early, and, but once again, they just look. Like but the this Bruins. was the time of the year where they. This was where their big challenge was going to come with so many key players out and. They've managed to just keep things going, and now Brad Marchand's back, and eventually the other guys are going to, you'd think, start to trickle back into the line. Mm-hmm. David Krejci got banged up. We'll see what yep. uh, what happens there. But the Atlantic Division, no nights off, folks. No nights off and in the I Atlantic Division. As we kind of take a step back and look once again at the bigger picture of the Panthers start, of course, 4-3-1 and one at the time of this recording. Some other key takeaways are that third line with Atula Sterin and Anton The four-checking machine, as Paul Maurice called them. The four-checking machine ridiculously good line, underlying numbers, top three line in the entire league. So that's been the Panthers' best line this season. And when your third line's your best line and you're 4-3-1, things are going to be fine because the other top two lines will also start to turn it on here. Barkov's not going to go goalless. Sam Reinhart's not going to go goalless. Especially with the chances they're Those getting. Those guys have had a million chances. Paul Maurice pointed to in the last game, that line had 35 chances, which is yep. normally what a whole what a whole team gets yep. in a whole game. And that so, was one line. All these things over time, as numbers do, are going to work out for the Panthers. If they keep doing the things they're doing, it's going to work out. And that's kind of what the Panthers believe. Like I said, they just want to play the right way. They're not thinking about the end result. They're thinking about playing the right way, and then the end result, of course, will come in the end. But uh, I think another surprise has been the defense. 
I think the defense has been performing a lot better than you know some outsiders thought they would. Of course, when you when you lose Mackenzie Weger, when Aaron Eckblad gets hurt there, um, I, I the, the the Josh Maher and Radko Gudis pairing. I think they've been on the ice for seven goals at five on five and only like three against. Top, you know, over sixty percent shot share. Josh Maher has been a great find off the waiver wire. Radko Gudis, I think, and Palmer said it the other day. And people like us that watch Radko Gudis every day know he's a really solid positional defenseman, yep. a real good shutdown guy. But he was saying, you know. Back when I was on the West Coast, I'd maybe see him once a year on TSN. It'd be a highlight of him just blowing a guy up. And you don't know if you don't watch him every day how just how good and responsible he is on defense. And we're now never we're getting, gets you into trouble. Now we're getting a chance to see that, especially with Josh Mahura. He's the safety net for Mahura, which is allowing Mahura to you know free will up and down the ice. He's got two goals because of that. Um, so that's been great there. Brandon Montour is playing over twenty five minutes a night now with that gout. He's doing good there. Forsling's just as we expected. And then you have the pair of Mark Stahl, and it seems like right now Matt Kirsten has that spot next to him. That's a it's an opportunity because X me back soon. And you know the latest update we have Mark Stahl, who is it's it's uh, you look at the the stats going in and. Mark Stahl, the veteran guy, has played over 1,000 more games in the National Hockey League than his defense partner. Uh, I think Matt Kirsten is is, uh, in his somewhere between 23, 25 games in the league. And Mark Stahl's coming up on. uh, Mark Stahl is just about. It's almost exactly 1,000 more games. Yeah, but you you look at now the Panthers, of course, without Ekblad, no matter how good they're doing, that's weathering a storm without your top defense. And we talked about that. No team can plan for that. The good news is, though, uh, the last update we got from Paul Maurice, Aaron Ekblad skating. He's back out there. And it looks like they're targeting, he said, that November 12th game against Edmonton. So they're going to be without him against the Senators. They're going to be without him throughout their California West Coast trip. They're going to miss him against the Carolina Hurricanes at home. But that first day he can come back, that 12th against Edmonton, it sounds like at least he's tracking towards that, which is great. At the time when we heard that he was going to be out long term, if you would have told me that was the game he'd be coming back, I'd say I'll take that any day of the week. Mm-hmm. That's not a ton of time he's missing. The Panthers are you know making do without him. So they'll look different once he comes back, as any team would when they get their one defenseman back. But stick tap to the defense for what they've been doing um, in his absence. And we talk about you know the goaltending as well, whether it's Bob or whether it's Knight. Both those guys know they can be a little bit better too. And when you factor that in, when you factor all the, the things that the Panthers had thrown at them, you know, new system, missing Eck, Factor all those things in, and you're four, three, and one, and you should have won a couple of those losses. Take that any day of the week. So the Panthers uh, off to a nice start, and as you said, it's a little early to say it, but still in a playoff spot, and I would expect that to continue over the course of the year. They've adjusted to a new system nicely. They've overcome some adversity early in the year, and that can go a long way for a team too. When you have to, when you have to overcome a couple of hurdles early in the season, yeah, and I the Panthers have been able to do that. There might be some listeners out there that get sick of hearing about the numbers when you lose, but the numbers matter. They really, really do matter. Some of the best teams in the league, it's all about numbers. And Well, when um, the Panthers have a good showing, the, those, the reason those numbers matter the is because they're, and they're consistent. When the Panthers, what they're doing, they've, over the last few years, uh, for shots on goal with the Panthers, 40's been the new 30 yep. for shots on net. This team gets a lot of chances. They've continued to get a lot of chances. They do that over the course of the year. Those pucks are going to go in. The numbers are going to even out. I think if I had to sum up, like, the first couple weeks here for the Panthers, it would just be the reaction of, ah, ah, because they've had so many close chances in all these games, um, easily could have won every game they've been in, and like I said, when the numbers are good, when you're passing the eye test, when everything looks good, but you're just not getting the results, you're eventually going to get the results, so, Doug, it, it's going to be an interesting checking in here every week or so on how the Panthers are doing, it's going to be a different team every week, like I said, in a couple weeks when we check back in, Eck will be back, which would be great, but I'm just looking forward to these matchups, because it seems like this isn't last year's team. This isn't a team that I feel is going to come back from five down. I also think they're going to blow teams out five by five goals every single game. This is going to be a lot of tight games throughout the season, and I think that's, like I said, that's what they want 
because that's how it's going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, that's how the game is played, and Paul Maurice has said it from his introductory press conference moving forward. They want to be playing that style of hockey that's going to translate into the postseason right away. They want to get into uh, playing that kind of game. So Panthers in uh, in a good spot, 4-3-1 and one at the time of this recording and doing a lot of the right things out there. And uh, again, only 10% of the season, uh, not even exactly 10% of the season in the book. So still a long ways to go in this National Hockey League 22-23 campaign. Well, Jameson, we had a chance yesterday to hear from Roberto Luongo. Yep. Uh, held a media availability here at FLA Live Arena as he is just a couple weeks out from being officially enshrined in the Hockey Hall of Fame and he'll be uh, going in along with a couple of his former teammates Daniel and Henrik Sedin, Daniel Alfredson and uh, some others uh, as well so going to be a big ceremony as it always is but uh, we've been waiting for this one for a while. We knew it was good. Even when he was playing, we were we were talking about and waiting for the day when when Lou ultimately is enshrined in Toronto in the Hockey Hall of Fame and uh, gets his his plaque and his rightful place there in hockey history. And, and we had a chance to hear from him yesterday, and you could tell he's uh, he's excited. He's looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, this is such a great. I mean, is there any better way to end your career than going to the Hall of Fame in any sport? That just means you had a great career. You did it all right. You you did it. There it is. That's the perfect ending that every player wants. Um, in any league, any professional sports leagues to end up in the Hall of Fame. So for Lou, well-deserved. And before we get into that conversation with Lou, um, I did ask Paul Maurice about this the other day because let's not forget, Paul Maurice coached against Lou for his entire career at some point. He saw him from, you know, the beginning to the end. Um, and he had some good stuff to say about just, you know, Roberto Luongo heading to the Hall. Well, I think you knew that fairly early on. Like, um, and, he, and he played in some trying situations in terms of behind teams, um, but he was he was just so unusual because he was so good right from the start, and he was just good straight through his career. I think he had 75 games one year out of Vancouver. Is that correct? It was Van when he did his 75? Mm-hmm. Like, on flights alone, that's a crazy number, right? And you think of when those guys get on and off their airplanes and the, and the time zone changes and, and put up big numbers, but... Um, Lots of awards, lots of accolades, but my favorite line I ever heard was that he had, didn't win the Vesna, but he won two Jack Adams. And that is <laughs> that one is by far my favorite line ever about a goalie because it's no disrespect to the coach, but it's true, right? Mm-hmm. A goaltender could make you look awfully smart, and he made a lot of people look very smart. Love what Paul said there, and he was right. Like he was, and we, we'll hear from Lou here in a second too. He was so good just from the start of his career as a young goaltender, and was just steady all the way through. And maybe if you look at the last twenty years, maybe one of the top guys where you point to and say that guy should have even had more awards and more accolades, and should have had a Stanley Cup. Uh, was robbed of a Vesna Trophy. It was that Martin Brodeur that won it over him, even though Lou's numbers were ridiculous. Believe so. I think it was yeah. that year. Um, so I mean, for Roberto Luongo, I think. Don't get me wrong, it's special individually when any player goes into the Hall of Fame. It's going to be huge for him and his family. But to me, just for the Panthers to finally have a Hall of Famer they can claim and call their own. Because like I said, you can walk through the Hall of Fame. You can look around and you can see, you know, Newendike and you can see Burre. Um, you can see, you know, all those guys. And Ed Belfour. Belfour. I think there was maybe seven or eight guys that, you know, played here at least a little bit and are in the Hall of Fame. But um, for Roberto now to come in here and go into the Hall, he's a Panther. He's the first Panther-Panther in the Hall of Fame. And I know that he's a bit shared with the Canucks, but I think played the majority of his game here with the Panthers, you know, got his start here with the Panthers. And I can definitely say, I mean, numbers up in the rafters here, Doug. We're looking at it right now. Um, so for the Panthers fans to finally have a Hall of Famer they can 
grab and call their own. I think that's really big. So um, moving along. Here's our chat with Roberto Luongo. This was a, a group kind of media scrum, so he answers a couple different topics. But you can hear the excitement in his voice. And like I said, this is just a great, great moment for the Panthers. No, I mean, you don't think about that when you're a kid. I think you know you only dream about winning the Cup or playing in the NHL. So, uh, But now that uh, we're in full mode right now, just planning and uh, organizing stuff and getting tickets, uh, it's, it's been pretty exciting. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think just having everybody there at the same time is, is, is what I'm really excited about and getting to spend some time with the people maybe that I didn't have a chance to in, the, in the many years. Well, for me, uh, I think uh, just the fact that I was able to play for so long at a high level, I think it just, um, I was never satisfied with, with my game. I always wanted to get better. I always wanted to improve. And I put in the work um, to be, to try to be at the top every, every year. So uh, the fact that I was able to play for so long, I think is, is personally for me, is one of my, uh, my proudest moments. I know you're not from here. Yeah. But what's it meant for you to be able to, Get traded here. This kind of becomes home. You go away for a while. Yeah. You come back, and here you are, still yep. 22 years later since you got traded from the Well, this is home now. So this is where you know we're going to be. Um, I love it here. I mean, obviously, and that's why I am here. And it's it's a great community, and I think uh, um, I really enjoy living in in South Florida. And uh, being part of this organization still is means a lot to me. Uh, you know, it meant a lot to me while I was playing, but uh, as well now. I think this is an important part of my life. Even though I'm not on the ice, I still feel like I'm contributing. Uh, I still feel like I have some skin in the game, and I still go through the same emotions uh, when when there's a game on TV or, or here at the rink. So uh, I enjoy that part of it, um, and I still feel like uh, uh, I'm trying to help the team win a Stanley Cup. Are you enjoying that as much as you Maybe more so than you thought you would, because I remember talking to you yeah. at the beginning, and you're like, "We're gonna find out." But yeah. We'll see, but it seems like you dig it. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, I do enjoy it. I, I knew I would, uh, but uh, uh, the fact that you know, I just, I just love learning more and more every day. You know, it's there's so many things that uh, that that are that you don't even think about when you're playing. Uh, and that's the beauty of it. So um, every day, I feel like I'm, I'm learning something new and uh, put it in the bank and. Uh, Try to help out as best I can. What's it mean for you to be inducted with a couple of well-respected former teammates of yours? It's great. I mean, that's one of the things I was most excited about when I found out. I think uh, Hank and Danny are two of the best, nicest people that I've that I know. Um, great teammates that I play with, and obviously we made some good memories in Vancouver. And uh, the fact that I get to share with them at the same time. Uh, it was one of the the things that I made me most excited about being, you know, going there. So uh, I look forward to seeing them uh, in a few weeks here. But is it, is it kind of cool that you're going in as one of the? I mean, there's a couple guys that played for the Florida yeah. Panthers in the Hall of Fame, but nobody that was really yeah. a Florida Panther. Pavel, maybe. Yeah. You're the guy. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, obviously, um, you know, my my numbers retired here, so uh, it does mean a lot to me. Um, you know, I, I, I did spend a lot of time in Vancouver, and that franchise uh, means a lot to me as well. So uh, both places uh, have been great, and I've played huge parts in my career. Um, you know, but I'm in Florida now, and I and I and I finished my career here, and and I work for the team. And um, uh, I think, uh, as I was told, you don't go in as uh, representing any team at all. You just go in as who you are. And 
I think uh, also, you know, the, the accomplishments that I had with Team Canada is part of that whole thing as well. So, um, but I'm just grateful for all of it, to be honest with you. I think they all mean something special in their own way. And uh, obviously, you know, Florida is, is a big chunk of that. How do you compare and contrast your two different stints with Florida? Obviously, every yeah. guy coming to the league and then, like you said, kind of closing the book there the better. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, my first stint, um, I was just trying to make a name for myself, really, and trying to establish uh, myself as an NHL goalie starter, uh, per se. Um, you know, they were not easy years. We, we never made the playoffs, and uh, it feels like I was breaking records every year for more shots against, but it was good. You know, it was good for me, and it developed me, and it got me better, and um, it was, you know, helped me accomplish what I did later on in my career. And uh, when I came back, uh, a lot of people thought it was just to retire, but for me, I knew that, uh, you know, I wanted to make the playoffs with this team, something that I didn't do in my first time around, and um, we were able to do that one season. Uh, unfortunately, we lost in the first round, but it was a great, uh, great playoff series, and, uh, um, you know, my first stint was just as good as my second. We're a couple weeks out, but how's the speech coming? Has it done? Has anyone helped you with it? Well, exactly, and and I went into the Florida Sports Hall of Fame last year, so I, I was able to to do that as well. So I, the, the framework's kind of done in my head. Um, I'm going to change a few things around, uh, add a few people. Obviously, this is a b bigger stage, and uh, um, I don't know how long it's going to take. But the one last year took about seven minutes and a half, so I'll try to make it to ten this year if I can. Last one for me. Um, obviously, there's always that kind of legend game as well. And we, yeah. Do you plan on playing? And oh so, yeah, big time. When was the last time you were on the ice competitively or in any kind of scrimmage like that? Well, every time I'm on the ice, I'm competitive. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to be in net though. Those days are over. Uh, I'll be playing center, a good, responsible two-way game, uh, good face-off, good vision, penalty kill if needed. Uh, but uh, I'm actually looking forward to it. It'll be fun, and uh, the Caber is going to be there, uh, and a bunch of the guys that I play with in Van as well. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. Do you know your winners yet? <laughs> no, not yet. I'm, I got to lobby for those. <laughs> well, what's the most important lesson that you learned throughout the course of your career that you're now trying to maybe pass on to a young guy, yeah. Spencer Knight, who's so early on in his career? Yeah, I think for me the the, the one thing, and and I and it's unfortunate because I learned it, you know, toward, towards the end of my career is that. Sometimes I took things too much, too personally, too too much to heart, and I let it linger with me too long. You know, instead of brushing it off and and just moving on, you know, I took things and I carried it with me too long, and it affected me, whether it was on the ice or in my personal life, for for longer than it should have. And I think, uh, you know, I kind of got started getting over that once I created my Twitter account. If that might sound weird, but um, you know, once I started kind of making fun of myself, it kind of it kind of kind of turn everything into perspective and help me deal with those moments where you know it's not that serious you know you can you can if you if you get criticized it's going to happen thing those things happen and it's not I always say you're never going to have 100% of the people on your side there'll always be people that are you know negative things to say about you but that's just part of it now and I, I understand it and maybe back then I didn't well, your tweets are helping more <laughs> thank you I've heard a little bit about how it works but when you were first notified they call you how does that work and, and what first went through your mind when you didn't find that out well I'm, this is where i'm going to throw bill under the bus a little bit here so that morning uh billy Hazito told me that they you expect to call around noon usually they call right at noon so make sure you're by your phone at noon i was like okay no problem i'll be ready just in case so noon rolls around nothing 12 30 no call one o'clock it's like i go to bill i said bill i don't think i'm getting in this year sorry to tell you he's like what are you like he looked confused so 
Well, he had given me the wrong time. It was actually, they called me at 2 o'clock. So finally, 2 o'clock, the phone rings. So I was like, oh, my God. I'm a Russian. I run in my office, close the door, and then obviously, you know, um, Lanny and uh, Mike Gardner on the other, other side, and they gave me the whole speech, which was, uh, you know, overwhelming. Uh, it, was, it was great. Um, so that's, that's how it kind of was kind of a, a little bit of a funny story there. What about the family reaction? Well, the kids were in school, so I called my wife right away. Obviously, she was ecstatic, and um, I, I think they were more ecstatic than I was at the moment. You know, I was kind of almost like a little bit of a surreal moment, but they were uh, they were really, uh, really, really happy for me. Um, so it was uh, it was a good moment. And they all kind of get it now with, with how, how big this is, the family, and especially the kids. Well, yeah, my kids. Yeah, yeah, they do. I think um, I think they're still upset with me that I retired. To be honest with you, but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it's 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 a huge moment for for everybody you know i think um it's probably bigger for them than it is for me i don't know how to explain it you know uh, i i think it's it's a, it's just a product of all the work that not only i put in but they put in they sacrificed a lot for me to be where i am today and where i'm going into and i think they're all played a huge part of that what's the trouble right now i'm still trying to nail that down that's this has been stressful a couple of weeks here you know it's um I don't know. It's going to be probably about 15-ish people from my side of the family here, my other side of the family here, plus another 10, 15 from back home, some friends, coworkers. Yeah, I don't know. Can you help me with that? <laughs> I need a party planner. Uh, I mean, listen, there's something going on every day, it seems like, and they're, they're all fun activities. I think um, I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. Um, I'm going to have a little get-together afterwards with the family and the friends just to just to spend some time with them, you know. Uh, I don't get to see them often anymore. Uh, so just everybody, and, 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 you know, like people that are here don't get to see my family from Montreal a lot at all. So everybody's going to be together at the same time. I think that's what's going to make it special for me. And, you know, obviously Monday is going to be... <laughs> Something's going on Monday. I, I got to check the schedule. <laughs> Great to hear from Lou there, Doug. And you know, I do you have a, like a, a singular Lou memory from his time here with the Panthers because we, we I've, I've I was here for a good chunk of his time here. The, the second half, you were here for a decent little chunk there at the end. I think it really stands out. So I I, rem I mean I remember. Going into those games uh, from my first season, which was 15-16, I remember going into those games with the the sheet of all the different milestones that were within striking distance, and we had to be prepared for those. It felt like a different one every single night. I mean, when he became uh, just the second goaltender to win 200 games with two different franchises, uh, he and Patrick Waugh, the, mm -hmm. the, the only guys that uh, that had accomplished that. And there were just a lot of different – when he when he played the 1,000 games, uh, you know, there were he a lot – He was the goaltender in the 20-round shootout. Yeah. Well, I, that was before I was, was born to the time. Panthers. Yes. Wow. But, uh, I don't remember the before time. That was that was the season before I arrived. But there there were a lot of different great milestones. But I think the thing that I've always brought up with Roberto Luongo is first of all Hall of Fame player, but Hall of Fame guy. Just a, a nice guy. And you could go back to one of the first episodes of Terrible. I was going to say I'm gonna, I want to go back and us. listen because we actually got him. And Lou's not a big podcast guy, so that was a big get at the time. One thing I've always said about Roberto Luongo: Hall of Fame goalie, Hall of Fame player, but 
a Hall of Fame guy, just a, a nice guy. We had him on one of the first episodes of Territory Talk, and you could scroll all the way back to one of the early episodes of Territory Talk and find that. We talked about hockey. We talked a lot about fantasy sports, too, fantasy with, football, uh, yeah. with Roberto Luongo. This was, this was a few years back, again, in the early days of Territory Talk. But when people ask about Roberto Luongo, something I've always said is, and you don't point to one singular thing, but I remember when I arrived in 1516 just thinking – you can watch on TV, you can go to a game, you can see him play, and you can you know, you know, can see the talent. You can see the elite level goaltending ability. But it's when you see him go about his business on a practice day or at a morning skate or behind the scenes, when you saw the dedication of the craft, the preparation that was involved, everything like that that goes along with it, that's when you were able to see, you know, it, it – it makes sense that he was able to be elite yeah, for I mean, he, so long. He came back from was that was a hip surgery at the time back yep. then. He didn't have to. He could have hung it up then and probably still going to the Hall of Fame. But he want he, he wanted to keep playing here. He wanted to come back. He wanted to get some more wins with the Panthers and be a part of what was going on here. And another thing I'll say about Lou is like so generous with his time when you're talking to him. Mm-hmm. He's fully engaged when you're yep. talking to him, and he respects. Everyone he talks to, and he's just such a nice guy, and a lot of patience in the net. But I think for me, the all-time Lou memory will forever be. Shout out to Jessica Blaylock, and if you ever see Jess, ask her about this story. But this is what we call the never-ending question story, which is where I think it was Jess's maybe first or second game back in the day um, with the Panthers, and it was post-game, and we were talking to Lou, and she kicks it open, and she starts to ask this question, and she starts going in one direction, and then she kind of like loses it and starts going in another direction. And then kind of loses again and starts going in another direction. So, like, we're, like, probably 15 seconds into this question. And, like, I don't know if you know, but, like, count 15 seconds. And just, it's a, that's a it doesn't long. doesn't sound like a long time. It's a long time to be asking one question. But, like I said, he's so patient. He never cut her off, never did like that. He was kind of, like, you kind of see his eyes kind of trying to follow it. And then she kind of just hits the eject button at the end. And is like, so so how about that game? <laughs> it's just and I just love it because he was, and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he's kind of was like, oh yeah, yeah, and just kind of went and answered it. But I just love, and and I think and I've talked to Jess about it before, like for to, to have that happen and for Lou to be so good about it too. That I mean, as, as someone that's new around the team, that was just the most welcoming thing ever. And um, that's what the kind of guy he is. He's just like I said, great guy to deal with. I, I'm just, I feel so blessed that he's still here every day with us. You know, in, in the hockey operations department, running the goaltending excellence department here for the Panthers. Um, he's a Panther for life, and that's just, I think, one of the best parts is, yes, he's going to the Hall of Fame, but, you know, he's enshrined it here at Effley Live Arena forever and ever. Yeah, he's uh, the first Panthers player to have his number raised to the Raptors. You can see it every time you come out to FLA Live Arena. We hope that you come out to FLA Live Arena a lot in the upcoming uh, in the upcoming months. Panthers have a heavy slate of home games coming up in the month of November after the West Coast road trip. So hopefully everybody checks FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com, call 954-835-PUCK. We hope to see you out here It's often. such a weird month. You're in West Coast to start it, then you have this massive chunk of home games, and then you end it in Canada. It's a very weird month here for the hockey world. It shows you just schedule. how small North America can be <laughs> when you incorporate air travel. It's a small world, Doug. It is. Um, it's as big or small as we choose to make it. Speaking of big and small, it's time to make some big and small predictions here for the prediction game for this week. So so Noah leading the listeners division. Noah's leading the listeners division. You and I both uh, a couple goose eggs here. So uh, coming up, we have Air- at Arizona on Tuesday. Or I guess let's start with the game tonight, I guess. We're recording this before the Senators game. So, so we're looking at a five-game chunk. We have the Senators tonight. We have the at Arizona on Tuesday, at San Jose on Thursday, at Kings on Saturday. And then we have... 
at Ducks on Sunday. So we're probably not going to record till after that, our next episode. So it's one, two, three, four, five? One, two, three, four, five. That's a five-game chunk. It's a five-game. I'm counting here. Five-game chunk. Over there in the math department. A lot of predictions can happen here. So I'm going to go. I think Spencer Knight's going to get a shutout over the next five games. How many give me? Two or three? Not a lot of shots during the season. No, um, I would give you three points for a shot. I think it's worth That's three. a bold prediction. Yeah. That's a bold prediction. I'm going to say Alexander Barkov is going to score three times in the next five games. Ooh. In normal times, I'd only give you two, but since he's still looking for that first goal, I'm going to give you three for that. Three points on the yeah, line for both sides. And that takes us to the uh, end of the program. Uh, if you're in the listeners division, you know who you are. <laughs> that means you're a listener and you're listening to the program. Noah, North Miami Beach, currently the listeners division leader. Uh, it's very early in the season. Yes. So, Noah, don't get too comfortable with that with that lead atop <laughs> the division. But, uh, folks, uh, you can send us your predictions at Doug Plagans, at Jamison Coop. Looking forward to hearing from all of you. And that takes us to the end of the program. Uh, Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in wherever and however you tune in Territory Talk. Thanks for being here with us. And we just mentioned it. Panthers going on the road for four straight. Back home for a heavy slate in the month of November. FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com, 954-835-PUCK. Go there, check it all out, and uh, pick some games out to come to in the coming months. That's it for us. Again, thanks for being here. For Jameson Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. This has been Territory Talk, and we'll talk to you soon.